The Unquiet Heart, written by Kate Welsh and read by Carolyn Bonnyman. Chapter One The grey stone archway loomed overhead as I dashed through the puddles from my carriage, cursing under my breath. Julia Latimer was huddled by the wall, sheltering from the rain and smoking. She glanced up at me and nodded. Gilchrist. Have they gone up yet? She rolled her eyes, shivering. Would I be standing out here in the rain if they had? You could always wait indoors. Thornhill is. I looked towards the building, where Alison Thornhill stood in the glare of the electric light, looking every bit as anxious as I felt. Tried that. She kept blabbering on at me. I'm waiting for Edith. Julius shot me a glance, as if daring me to say something. I don't know what you're worried about, I grumbled. You know you're top of our class. You're just standing out here to torment the rest of us into feeling even more anxious. I'm worried about the same thing as you are, Julia snapped. Failing my first year and being sent home in disgrace. Except it wouldn't be disgrace because our mothers would be delighted and start casting around for the first suitable bachelor to marry us up to, and that would be it. No more lectures, no more exams, no glittering surgical career. Just a husband and a household to manage, and the hope that whatever remains of my brains gets passed on to the next generation. I stamped my feet, trying to block out both the cold and the grim reality that Julia painted one that was far closer to my future than to hers. A gust of wet wind battered us. Was that rain or sleet? Perhaps it would be snow, and we'd be stranded in the medical school, and I wouldn't have to go home to dress for the dreaded evening that awaited us. It doesn't matter, I told her, stubbornly, believing it because I needed to. We'll both have passed. We're just as good at medicine as the men are, better in some cases. Ross might have been able to grow a very fine moustache over the Christmas vac, but he couldn't diagnose a cold if he was sneezing into his handkerchief. Still, I couldn't help but suspect that when it came down to it, the moustache would be judged as more important even if he scraped an acceptable mark in the examinations and I passed with flying colours. I should have. All I had ever wanted was to be a doctor, and last autumn I had found myself studying at the University of Edinburgh, which boasted one of the most august medical schools in the world. Nothing should have distracted me from the hours of lectures and dissections, and for the first few months I had lost myself in what felt like a dream world, one of anatomy sketches and chemical formulae, of science and knowledge, and finally being treated as though my intelligence was important and not an embarrassing inconvenience. A world in which I was no longer the oddity in the drawing room, trying to discuss education and women's suffrage, but one of a like-minded group of women who shared my purpose and ambition. And yet, I had found kinship not with my classmates, but with a woman I had been meant to cut up as she lay on the dissection table. I had recognised her, and recognised myself in her. 
and found myself stumbling into a world that turned everything I thought I knew on its head.